0: Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. A couple things real quick, then we're going to get into the Word. We're in a series day by day. I originally taught a series similar to this. This one's based on that one uh, back in 2008. And um, we had bracelets made back then, and I've worn bracelets since about 2008. Every now and then I'll give one to somebody or mine to get real scungy. Do you all know what scungy is? And, uh, you know, get a new one. Well, we got brand new ones, and we also we got thin ones, and we got wide ones. They are not magic. They are not lucky. They are not any of those things. They are a reminder. I, I wear mine where I can read day by day, even though no, I know what it says, because what we do day by day takes us, takes us to our future, exactly. And then also I found it's kind of an identifier, too. I was walking through uh target yesterday and uh ran into some folks and saw their bracelets at a distance even and uh you know it just kind of uh signals it's kind of we need to get meadowbrook jerseys too you know something (laughs) something like that but anyway you can get these out at guest services sorry lady and uh and ah good snag right out of his hand that's good all right good and then also, and, and we're, we have these available for purchase, but we're selling them at cost. We're not trying to make money on these things. This is called a Life Journal, and we've had these customized for Meadowbrook. We had 1,000 of them ordered, and y'all bought them up like kaboom. And so we've been out, and I've had a lot of people ask, we need to get more, and so we, they are in, and they're available out there. Um, the awesome thing about this is a way to break down Scripture and what you've read and pray it out and apply it to your life and it has a reading uh, plan on here. If you go through it, it'll take you, in a year's time, it take you through the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice. And what I'd love and what already I know about a, uh, a thousand people are doing is we're reading the same thing every day together, which is kind of uh, awesome. And, uh, so these are available out there now too, so that you can get those. And I would just encourage you, whether you, uh, start where you're at or go back to the beginning of the year or whatever, just do it, just do it. And that will be important thing. So I want to give a couple of these away too. So pastor Ron, if you'll come help me who had just really a a crummy week, you had a crummy week. All right. And, and pastor Ron's going to figure out who, and and don't be looking sad. Don't be going, you know, don't, don't act encouraged and, and pastor Ron will get that to you. All right. Hey, I want to tell you about one other thing, okay? Uh, We have church on Wednesday night. And we call it Midweek at Meadowbrook, and we're doing a thing called Believe. um, Because it's important that we know what we believe, why we believe it, and are able to share that, able to articulate that, able to defend that, able to pass that on. And so we're going through a lot of uh, incredible things, putting it together um, throughout Scripture. Something that's been stirring in our hearts for a good while... We're going to begin here, and this will happen on the first Wednesday. Everybody say first Wednesday. On the first Wednesday of every month. Now, we're going to continue to have service every Wednesday. But on the first Wednesday, say first Wednesday. On the first Wednesday, we're going to do a thing that we're going to call habitation service. And what we're going to do, we normally are here for about an hour on Wednesday night. We're going to have an hour and a half service. And that hour and a half service uh, is going to be a little different than, than our normal service in that, you know, just uh, how we normally uh, schedule and program that. And then we're going to take our time in worship. We're going to take our time in prayer. We're going to take our time just kind of be led and minister how the Lord would have us to, to do that. Go take a little more time, go a little deeper concerning the things of the Holy Spirit. And that should not cause alarm because when, when done right, um, it's powerful and just uh, beautiful um, have the Holy Spirit work in our lives in that way. And, and this will be a time we can kind of just take a little more time with that. So I want to invite you, uh, not this Wednesday. I do want you to come this Wednesday, but for habitation service that will begin, uh, on February 4th will be our first one. Then it will be the first, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday of, of every month. Amen. All right. Well, we're in a series called day by day. Everybody say day by day. day, by day. Y'all ready? Yes. Okay. Cause I'm raring to go here. Um, Day by Day is a series, and this is what I believe about a series. I believe a series is a season where God is speaking something in particular to, to a church, to a church family. And right now, I believe the Lord is using a series, and I believe for the last 25 years of the church... That, that God has spoken certain things into our body rather than just a one-time message. You know, we can take our time with that, develop some things, and and really get it soaking into our into our minds and applied into our lives in, in a lot of ways. So we're in a series called Day by Day. One of the main thoughts of day by day would be this and we, we said it a few minutes ago, but what you do day by day takes you to your future. Why don't you say that with me? What you do day by day takes you to your future. And I want, I want you to notice this, that we're moving. You know, you, you are determining some things that are moving you. And whether you, whether you know it or not, realize it or not, like it or not, you're moving into your future. And it's what you do day by day that's going to determine that future. So you're going into your future either by design or by default. And, and it, this is too important for us to not be very intentional about this. And and uh, so that's what we're looking at in this series. But I want you to notice also this movement day by day takes you to your future. We all are on a journey. We're on a journey. Right. Amen. Hopefully all of us are on a spiritual journey. And, and what that has to do, hopefully, is that we're moving from where we are to where God wants us to be. And, and you might be in a way better spot concerning the things of God in life than you used to be. But God is wanting to continue to move us from glory to glory. He, he continues to do a work in our life. I mean, you know, he's not done with you yet. And, and I find the more he does in me, I, I realize the more he wants to do uh, in me. And so what you do day by day takes you to your future. We're on this journey of moving from where we are to where God wants us to be. And I believe that's the best place to, to be. Um, we realize that God provides incredible amounts of, of grace and mercy. You bob your head if that, that's true. Incredible amounts of grace and mercy on this path that we're on. But I believe it also requires that you and I, as I said, be intentional. We be committed. We uh, are consistent. Uh, that we cooperate with God on, on this journey. And His grace and mercy, I believe, are maximized in that. And again, we're moving uh, into our future either by design or by default. Now, look at this in Proverbs 16, verse 3. This is in the English Standard Version. It says, commit your work. Notice that. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So look what he's talking about, plans and work. Sometimes I think we dismiss or divorce those things from the Christian life that, you know, it's just... There are no plans or, you know, we don't have to work at this or whatever. And you really could not be further from the truth. Unfortunately, some people over plan, some people overwork. But the the healthy reaction is not to go the other direction and not plan and not work. You know, it's get into the road of truth and get out of the ditches there. But we have, we are to have plans and we are to, to work. We're to have a plan. We're to put out some effort. It's been said, plan your work and work your plan. And I believe that that applies to everything, but I also believe that it applies to our Christian life. Uh, Let me put it this way. Give God something to bless and do something God can help. Give God something to bless. You know, plans. Do you have any plans? I mean... what do you want? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What do you want to happen with your family, with your marriage, with, with what God's called you to do, with your business? With what, do, you ha, do you have plans? I think we should, we should have plans. Give God something to bless. And then do something that he can help. You do know that the Holy Spirit is the helper. And we are the doers, okay? He's the helper. We are the doers. And sometimes we're waiting for him to help. And I think he's waiting for us to do. Okay, this is an excuse. Well, y'all have had all morning to get all rested, get all ready to go here, okay? All right. He's the helper. We're the doers. And I think we need to be doing so that he can come alongside and help. Understand this. We can't do it all on our own. We have to have the help. If we could do this all on our own, we would have been done. But we obviously need help, and he is the helper. So give God something to bless. Do something that he can help us with. Amen. Well, we're talking about engaging in spiritual disciplines and the result of us giving ourselves, involving ourselves in spiritual disciplines, and that's what day, to, day by day has to do with, uh, the result of that is going to be spiritual growth and spiritual life. The book of Ephesians uh, says and 1 Timothy says as well that our, our spiritual progress should be evident to people. It should be evident. It should not be you going around, well, what do you think? been praying a lot more. You know, you don't have to tell them. It should be evident in your life that things are happening. How is it evident? What, what is visible? What is noticeable? I think more and more of the fruit of the Spirit. I think we become more and more happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed so that we can be a and ultimately give glory to God. And don't get tired of hearing that. How many of you think you might get tired of being happy? And happy's the lowest on that list, y'all. And so uh, as we engage ourselves in these spiritual disciplines, we're going to find that that spiritual growth in life continues to expand in us. Now, here's part of the problem. You know, a big part of the problem for a lot of us, what we already know. Our background, our experiences, where we've been. So sometimes we hear words like spiritual discipline, and it could evoke fear. It could evoke resistance. It it could even um, uh, bring up confusion or doubts in you because sometimes we think wait a minute Christianity is that just a list of do's and don'ts let me let me kind of undo that for you for a few moments here do's and don'ts is Christianity a list of do's and don'ts it is and it isn't okay anything everybody say anything anything, anything that you're going to grow make progress or accomplish there are some things you must do and there are some things you must not do And I do not see that our walk with God is excluded. Plus, uh, the dominant load of the promises in God's word are conditional. Which means you do this, I'll do that. You draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. You have not because you ask. And we can go on and on and on and on and on. And we have a part to play in all this. So we shouldn't be resistant, fearful, or confused about, about spiritual disciplines understand again i don't care what it is there's some things you must do and there's some things that you must not do the other thing we need to kind of get out of the way is if that does evoke resistance or fear you it probably has to do with your background it probably has to do with uh you were under a lot of rules or real works oriented or whatever and to you i would just say that's relax relax everybody say relax Because here's what spiritual disciplines do. actually free you. They actually free you. They get the life flow of God uh, working in your life and and through your life. So understand this. Discipline is not, uh, uh, let me put it this way. Discipline is the fruit of conversion, not the root of conversion. See, our salvation did not come because of our discipline. Our discipline came because of our salvation. So we didn't earn this. It's not the root of our conversion. It's the fruit of our conversion. Dallas Willard put it this way. Uh, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. So if we're trying to earn this through our effort, that, that violates grace. But we are involved in this. We participate. We cooperate with God. If you're with me so far, bob your head, make some kind of noise, do something. All right. All right, let's look at this spiritual discipline. Go ahead and say it. It won't hurt you. Spiritual discipline. Many of them uh, were modeled by Jesus. And I want to look briefly at what we would call a classical list of spiritual disciplines. There's two categories. First category would be this, abstinence. Abstinence. It would be things that you abstain from or things that you do not do okay? And then the other category would be activity. Activity would be things that we do. So spiritual disciplines, yes, there are some things that we must not do. There's some things that we must do. Let me just give you a real brief on this real quick. Let's look at abstinence. Abstinence, here's some of the disciplines under there. Solitude, silence, fasting, sacrifice, simplicity. These are a few of the disciplines we've involved ourselves in i want you to notice these and realize that that these abstaining abstinence disciplines are seasonal they're, they're seasonal you can't fast your whole life well you could but it'd be drastically shortened you understand and solitude you can't do that constant you can't be away from you can't you can't constantly be silent you know, your, your spouse is going to say, why won't you talk to me? You're going to turn around, she's going to be gone, okay? And so you, you can't, you don't do these all the time. These, these are times and the Spirit would lead you and instruct you in how to do these things. And then activity, activity. These are things that you would do. You would read and study God's Word. Prayer, worship, serving, stewardship. Church attendance. Good for you. You're doing you're doing a spiritual discipline right now. Celebration Uh, journaling. We're trying to help you with the with the life journals. Let me give you another one. Fellowship and community. Those are those are disciplines. Uh, Small groups launching today. We're doing all that we can do to help you to be able to engage yourself in in spiritual disciplines. So as you look at all of this, though, you you would say, well, pastor, there it is. There it is. It's a list of do's and don'ts. Let me tell you that the list of do's and don'ts are, do not have any life change power in and of themselves. They're the steps that you take on the path. But it's the path that takes you. Amen. And, and so all of that, you know, well, is it a list of do's and don'ts? In a sense, it is. But so, are, so is everything else. Uh, let me give you a short list. Taking care of a baby. I mean, you know, in taking care of a baby, there's some things you must do and some things you must not do. Growing a garden. Driving a car. Cooking a meal. Being married. Performing surgery. I mean, we go, go on and on. There are things that you do, things you don't do. But, but get this. And here's, here's the corner where we're going to turn right here. Do not reduce spiritual disciplines... Things we must do, things we must not do. And when, day by day, do not reduce that down to a checklist. It's more than a checklist. Get this. When you and I involve ourselves in spiritual disciplines, that we make that a part of our day by day, here's what we are doing. We are sowing to the Spirit. We're sowing to the Spirit. Go ahead and say this. Sowing to the spirit and you go i don't get it what is that well let's go to the scripture and find what this is in galatians chapter six are you with me so far all right galatians chapter six verse seven and eight do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap that's a law that's a law that's a god law let's go ahead to verse eight for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, and that's what, that's what we're doing, we're sowing to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap what? Everlasting or eternal life. Now everlasting life is not just in eternity. Everlasting life is the life that comes to you when you're born again. Amen. When you become alive in God, the Holy Spirit regenerates your spirit when you receive Jesus into your life. The Holy Spirit does that work and you are now alive. And what that life is, it's this eternal life. And it is a force. It is a force and it helps you and strengthens you. But you need to nurture it and you need to sow to the Spirit. And when you sow to the Spirit, you will continue to, of the Spirit, reap or harvest eternal life back into your life. Amen? Amen? So, this is an unalterable inalterable law of god that if you sow you will you will reap if there's a seed time there will be a there will be a harvest watch this if you sow determines if you reap when you sow has great bearing on when you reap what you sow determines what you reap get this where you sow determines where you reap from Y'all y'all hearing that? Well, what do we sow? You sow your time, your talent, your treasure, your touch, you sow your energy, your effort, your heart. All that you are, you sow. And when you when you corral those things and you put them in the right direction, that's what spiritual disciplines are, and that is sowing to the spirit. And when we sow, we reap. And, And listen, with sowing and reaping, there's no variation. There are no surprises. It is cause and effect. It is exact correspondence that what you sow is what you reap. Okay? That should excite us. That should encourage us. Look at me. That should scare us. No show of hands, but... How many of you have sown stuff that's like, man, I hope I don't get a harvest on that one? (laughs) Okay. Okay? Again, there are no surprises. There's no variation on this. You don't wake up and go, well, how did that grow there? Or how did this happen? How did this come to grow in my life? Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. And let's just get real straight here for a moment. You don't wake up addicted and broke and sick, and sad, and alone. You don't just wake up that way. There's a process to get there. There's a sewing to get there. Nor do you wake up and you've got abs and buns of steel. (laughs) That's a process. You don't wake up, perfect body weight, got savings, got a graduate degree, all all your relationships are healthy, and you're happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed, and being a blessing everywhere. That does not just happen. It is sowing and reaping. What you sow determines what you reap. Now, let me just show you a little bit closer here. All right. These, uh, I bought these at the store. Tomato seeds. And it's so awesome of them, they put a picture on it, so I know what this is supposed to look like. And on the back are the spiritual disciplines of what to do and what not to do. Are you you all with me? And you've got to understand that or you're going to go buy this and then you're going to go home and open it up and go, there are no tomatoes in here. (laughs) Rip off. (laughs) No, there's some things you have to do and some things you must not do. And then through the law of sowing and reaping over the course of time, which it even tells you on the back, roughly, you can expect that harvest will come. But never, ever, ever, ever will you plant these and then finally wake up one morning and you got okra. (laughs) Now, as your pastor, I feel responsibility to talk to you a moment about okra. Okay? Okra is part of the curse. Okay? Hold on. I have to tell you these things. Okra is the vegetable form of the cockroach. Somebody's got to tell you. Anybody want this? I would not give it to you. That would be like giving cigarettes to children. I would not do that. Okay? You'll thank me later that I tell you the truth, that I preach truth in this place. Listen, what you sow, what you sow is what you're going to reap. Remember in Scripture... uh, Isaac had two sons, older son was Esau, younger son was uh, Jacob. Jacob deceived his father. Jacob wanted the blessing and inheritance that would come to the older son. Keep that in mind. So he disguised himself. His dad was old. His his dad could not see any longer. And he went and deceived his father. His father even asked, is this Esau? Oh, yes, yes. And deceived his father so he could have the blessing pronounced and given to him as the older son. And he wasn't the son. But once it's done, it's done. And so he received that. Well, move on down the timeline. And Jacob is working for a man named Laban. And Laban has a couple daughters. He has an older daughter named Leah. And he has a younger daughter named Rachel. And Jacob falls in love with Rachel. And she... He goes to Laban and he says, I'd love to marry your daughter, Rachel, your younger daughter, Rachel. He said, all right, but you got to work for me for seven years. She must have been a looker. (laughs) Okay. So seven years go and it's the big wedding. Okay. And uh, they have the big wedding, the feast and the dancing and the band. They threw plates on the floor, whatever they do. (laughs) And now the wedding's all over. Everybody's going home and Jacob takes his new bride into the wedding tent. And he lifts up her veil and he goes, ah, because <laughs> it is not Rachel, the younger. It is Leah, the older. I can't help but think there's some sowing and reaping involved here. Put together the deception, put together the desire for older, younger, all, all of that coming together. And it happens. And, and just because you belong to Jesus and you're at church this morning does not mean that all harvest are canceled. You know, there's just some things, and and I don't understand it all, but you know, Paul was active in the in the stoning of Stephen. Do you remember that? And then just a few chapters later, it's Paul in Galatia being stoned. And so we we need to be careful that we're sowing the right things into the right places because sowing and reaping is a law of God. Are you still here? This all goes back to what we call a spirit flesh conflict the spirit is willing the flesh is weak the spirit gives life the flesh profits nothing spirit and flesh are contrary to one another they they do not agree the mindset on the flesh brings about death the mindset on the spirit scripture tells us brings life and peace then you go to the to the parables rather and you have the parable of the sower i prefer to call it the parable of the soils because really what it has to do with is this the reception of seed into a particular kind of soil. And that's what this is about, the sowing and reaping. We look here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 in the New International Version. It's a scholarly version. It says this. Watch it in this in this frame. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Here's the law. A man reaps what he sows. Read that. A man reaps what he sows. Go on to verse 8. Watch carefully. Whoever sows... To please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Watch this part. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The New English Bible brings it out this way. Uh, In these words, it says, Whoever sows into the field of his lower nature. The imagery there, it's sowing into the field of his lower nature. Versus he who sows into the field of the Spirit. What does that mean? I think that when we sow into the field of the Spirit, it's what pleases the Spirit as the NIV brings out. I sow um, my, my time, my talent, my treasure, my touch, my life, my energy, my resources to please the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, and to do what the Spirit would prescribe for me. And so when you and I... When I engage myself in spiritual disciplines, I'm sowing to the Spirit. you all hear this? When you do these things and don't do the things you must not do, you are sowing to the Spirit. How the, what would please the Spirit? What the Spirit would lead us to do? What the Spirit through His Word has prescribed for us? That when you and I engage ourselves in spiritual disciplines, we are sowing to the Spirit. Now, bear this in mind. When I do what I want to do, when I want to do it, I'm sowing to the flesh. You're going to sow, stay with me, last few moments, you're going to sow into one field or the other. And wherever you sow, it's a law. No variation, no surprises. Where you sow is where you're going you're to reap. So if I sow to the spirit, into the field of the spirit, I'm going to reap out of that field. And what am I going to reap? I'm going to reap eternal life. That, and not just something hereafter, but here and now you'll have eternal life at work. Hear me at work in you. There's life, there's hope, there's strength, there's help from above. You're connected. Beyond that, the fruit of the Spirit becomes more and more evident in your life. And you become, by degree, more happy, more stable, more fruitful, more blessed, more reliable and useful to God and to others. That does not just happen because one morning you decide, I'm going to do better. It does not happen on New Year's Eve because you say, that's it, everything's changing. Good for you, but it's going to be what you do day by day. And what you do day by day is sowing. And I'm either going to sow into the field of the Spirit or I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And when you do what you want to do when you want to do it, remember the flesh-spirit conflict. It's going to be opposite of the field of sowing to the Spirit. It's going to be sowing to the flesh. And of the flesh, here's what, here, here's what you're going to reap. You're going to reap decay and ruin. It's like, imagine if everything you owned and had and knew had mold and rust spreading all over. I had a guy tell me uh, after one of the services today, he used to live in Miami and he kept having to have his boat redone. And uh, he said that one guy was fixing up his boat one day. He says, listen to me, we got it all clean, but rust never rests. And we got to realize this is active stuff, folks. And we need to sow to the spirit so we can reap life ever left. Just cooperate with God. It's been said, if you don't like the harvest you're seeing... Change the seed you're sowing. Start sowing to the Spirit. Give God something to bless. Do something God can help you with. And what you do day by day takes you to your future. Listen, and you're going to your future either by design or by default. It's all sowing and reaping. And that should excite us. That should encourage us. That also should scare the okra out of you. <laughs> y'all hear me? Say it with me. What I do, what I do day, by day, day by day, takes me to my future. I, my future. I, will, I will sow I will. To, the so to the Spirit. And I will, I will. reap, reap. Eternal, life. eternal life. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?